Well, here we are at episode 204 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Alzheimer's disease has an impact of $61 billion on the Kansas economy each year. Some of it's coming out of the bottom lines of Kansas businesses. The Alzheimer's Association has released a study on the business impact of Alzheimer's, including the challenges for caregivers who are our co-workers and employees. Association Executive Director Faye Vorderland-Weir is my guest for today's episode. First, let me fill you in on the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Coverage of this week's Business Journal Wichita Employers Summit. We collected a variety of experts to talk with us in panel discussions and one-on-one interviews about critical employment issues and examples of what some businesses are doing to stand out among their peers. Our coverage begins on page 10. Also this week, another in our series on excellence in healthcare. This time we focus on vision care. We offer profiles on a dozen Wichita experts. That begins on page 16. This week's list, one on the area of private golf courses, another on the area's public golf courses. Our report shows a 17% increase in the number of rounds played at area public courses last year. All that information on page 16. Our job, as we say every week, is to provide you business intelligence you can use to grow your business. Every week we publish our leads section, bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our leads section this week begins on page 21. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Faye Vorderlandware is the executive director of the Alzheimer's Association of Central and Western Kansas. As I said, they just completed a study about the impact of Alzheimer's on businesses. Faye, welcome. When was this study conducted? Thank you for having me, Bill. The study was conducted in October through November of 2020. And every March, the association puts out what we call our updated facts and figures. And so we made these numbers public in March of this year. Are you able to talk about how the study was conducted? And this is actually a nationwide study with Kansas numbers, right? It is. So it is a nationwide study. And then we also break the study down um, to each state. And it's actually two surveys. One is done with U.S. adults. And then the other one is current or recent caregivers of adults aged 50 or older than have cognitive issues. So we're surveying both those affected by the disease as well as those not to get these numbers. And we go for a diverse group. So we make sure that we have both our Caucasian population as well as Hispanic, Latino, Asian American, and our Native American community members represented as well. Well, I'd like to go through some of the numbers. Thank you for sharing with me a 
sort of a PowerPoint presentation with a lot of data. And as we talked about, I really like data and numbers because we can really see the impact of what's going on. And there is a lot of impact on Kansas and on caregivers. And that means there's impact on the business community. Can you talk first about the impact overall on the state of Kansas and, and what the, the sort of the patient profile and cost looks like? Definitely. So in Kansas, in 2020, there's an estimated 55,000 people age 65 or older that are living with Alzheimer's or some form of dementia. And what's scary about that is by 2025, we anticipate that to go up by almost 13% to 62,000 Kansans. And this year during the pandemic, we actually had almost 20% higher death rates in Kansas with Alzheimer's due to the pandemic and those situations as well. But of those 55,000 Kansans living with Alzheimer's in Kansas, there are 85,000 caregivers to those individuals. And it's 95 million hours of unpaid care that is being provided for those individuals. And the numbers are just staggering. It's a total value of $1.3 billion in unpaid care. And that to me, when you, that's B with a billion, not M. So right. those numbers are, um, when I read this report, I was, and I, I live this every day, but I still was shocked at the numbers um, of that. So this truly is a public health crisis. And right now, Alzheimer's is the sixth leading cause of death that there is no cure for at this current mom moment in time. You really see some of the other data on the caregivers. And, and when we talk about caregivers, that really gives us an idea of what our neighbors and our coworkers and our employees are going through. I'm just amazed at the number of the percent of caregivers with chronic health conditions. Let's talk about some of those numbers as well. 63% have chronic health conditions of their own, and they're caring for someone with, with Alzheimer's. They do. And what's amazing to me, too, is 70% of these caregivers are under the age of 65. So we're not talking about our most elderly population. We're talking about individuals under the age of 65 that are still working. And 30 to 40% of caregivers for those with Alzheimer's or dementia suffer from some form of depression. They're twice as likely to indicate substantial emotional, financial, or physical difficulties. I mean, 59% say the emotional stress that they have is high to very high. And so these are the people that work in your businesses and in our community. And a lot of them are what we call the sandwich generation. And I know everybody kind of knows that term, but they're not only caring for a person with Alzheimer's or dementia, they're also caring for children at the same time. So as you can imagine, the emotional stress that that puts on individuals, it's, it's tremendous. And I mean, here's a couple other statistics that I found rather 
I mean, for lack of a better word, they're sad to me. Right. Um, 57% of caregivers, um, they report they have to go in later. They leave early from work. So that affects their work. Six of 10 caregivers are employed. So they're working 35 hour work weeks and they're going home and caring for loved ones. And that's just a lot. Um, let's see, what were the other ones? 18% of dementia caregivers had to reduce their work hours because of their care responsibilities. And ultimately that's costing our businesses. It's having an impact on basically the bottom line of some businesses because their employees are having to go and provide care for their loved ones. There's some other numbers there too. On when I talk when we talk about caregiver employment and finances, you talked about leave of absence and full to part time, cutting back hours, having to go in late. Mm-hmm. Some had to give up working entirely. I'm seeing nine percent there. Some have had to turn down a promotion because they're a caregiver, 8% of folks said that, 7% received a warning about performance attend- and attendance and their caregivers. They lost benefits, 7% of them. And some of them just said, you know what, I'm going to have to retire early and leave the workforce, 6% of the folks who are, who are caregivers for Alzheimer's patients. That just really rings loudly, I think, uh, talking about the impact. And of course, in every one of these things, more than just the employee is are impacted, the companies are impacted, the managers are impacted, lots of things have to go on. And it's just, it is amazing about, uh, we see more about a clear picture coming together of just what that impact is. And uh, do we, do we have an idea of what the average caregiver sort of looks like? So the average caregiver, as I said, is um, under the age of 65. Two thirds of all caregivers are women. One third of the caregivers are daughters. So we talked about that sandwich generation. Um, Over 60% of the caregivers are married or living with a partner that they're in a long-term relationship with. So, and most of the caregivers actually live with the care recipient. So it does have an impact. And what's sad about those numbers, you mentioned retiring early, um, getting a warning, um, losing benefits is sometimes people still, there is that stigma with Alzheimer's disease and they don't share that with others. And they, they go through this journey alone. And what we at the association want them to know is that they don't have to go through this journey alone, that Alzheimer's is a community disease. And it not only affects the person living with the disease and their family, but as you can see their work and just their friends and their whole community. And we want people to know that there are resources and help for them so that possibly they won't have to retire early or things like that. We want employers to know you know, here's some ways you can help those. You can offer a flexible schedule. I think if anything, this last year has taught us that we can work from home and still be productive. And is that a possibility that you can offer to your employee that is doing caregiving and also providing education? I think when a 
employer invites us to come do a webinar or an education program, they're saying that they acknowledge that this disease exists and that may be giving the employee the peace of mind to know, you know what, I can let them know that I'm going through this, that, you know, they're bringing the association in to share, you know, healthy living tips, understanding the disease. But I haven't shared with my coworkers that when I go home, I'm taking care of my mom and, you know, she's living with the disease. I haven't shared that. I'm also have a 10 year old that I'm taking to baseball practice and trying to do all of that. And so I think it goes both ways. We want employers to know that they need to be supportive and ask, but we also want employees to know it's okay to share and ask for help and get those resources because we don't wanna lose our best employees. And that happens sometimes when people take early retirement you're losing somebody maybe in their 40s or 50s that has such institutional knowledge that if we could have provided maybe some flexible scheduling or anything like that, we could retain that knowledge and that employee for possibly another 5, 10, 15 years. You make a really good point in that communication is so important. On the one hand, making sure your coworkers kind of know what you're going through. They're your friends as well. You spend a lot of time with them at work but also your supervisors, your managers, making sure they understand this is what I'm going through. And that way they can start to make accommodations if they're so inclined to help you out. And, and so you make a great point on, on communication and making sure those business leaders know what's going on too, so they can, they can help out. I really hope, like you mentioned that, statistic about 7%, you know, got a warning about their performance or attendance. Right. And my hope and prayer is that those 7% didn't share with their employer, because you would hope that if they knew the situation going on, that that wouldn't occur. And so um, I, I think that communication is key. Right. I mentioned that dementia costs businesses about $61 billion per year. And that's just in Kansas, right, Faye? So, yes. So, and that number, when we look at it, we can break it up into two different areas, which, yeah, that's billion with a B. Right. It's 24.6 billion in related costs in for healthcare, long-term care hospice. So that's if the employee is living with, the, excuse me, living with the disease. But 36.5 billion is in other cost. And so that includes replacing employees that had to quit due to their caregiving responsibilities, the cost of absenteeism. So they're having to take off work because they're having to do caregiving, workday interruptions. For example, if you're a full-time caregiver and you get a phone call that your mom has wandered out of the house, you need to leave work that day, or, you know, you get a phone call that maybe something has happened. It interrupts your work day and that interrupts um, productivity. And so 36.5 billion in just losses that way, that is huge. And so it does go back, Bill, to that form of communication and how can employers help? They can make sure that they're talking with their employees and, 
letting them know that they support them and bringing in, you know, different classes and things that everyone can kind of see and learn about the disease. And I laugh, but I don't, when you hear that term, it takes a village when you're talking about raising children, Right. it takes a village when you're talking about caregiving as well. And I think sometimes we might forget that we think of caregiving as people watching their kids and I need to accommodate them because, you know, maybe the kids had remote school and we have to accommodate that, but we just don't realize how many individuals are caring for their parents or elderly individuals. And so um, it does take a village in all caregiving aspects. I know in the ALS community, my wife is my caregiver. And so there are special meetings and organizations and resources specifically for those caregivers. I assume it's the same uh, with the Alzheimer's Association. Can you talk about those resources for caregivers? It is. So we do have, um, when March of last year happened, we transitioned everything to virtual. And we have support groups throughout 69 counties in central and western Kansas. And we were able to transition those to all virtual support groups. And what we found with that, um, I always look at the silver lining of what, you know, having to do that was, is that it didn't matter if you lived in Liberal or you lived in Hutchinson, if 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night worked for you, you could join that virtual support group. And so we've learned through that. And I will say that when things quote unquote go back to normal, we will still be offering virtual support groups as well as in-person support groups. And I think those are very important. We also have support groups, not only for the caregivers, but for those living with the disease in the early stages, because they need someone to talk to. And I'm quite proud that we actually added a member on our board that is in the early stages, because we wanted to make sure if we're talking about our mission and things such as that, we need to have everyone represented. And that includes someone living with the disease. And we also have our 24 hour, seven days a week, Christmas morning, Easter night, Halloween night, it doesn't matter. It's our helpline. And if I could just plug the number, it's 800-272-3900. And it's one of those, I hope you never have to call me, but when you do call, someone will answer the phone, whether it's 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. And you'll be able to talk to a trained social worker and they have access to all of our local information. So if you have a question at two in the morning about a support group that's happening in Western Kansas, they can pull up that information and share that with you. It's not something that you have to wait and call us on Monday through Friday between eight to five. You call us whenever you want and we'll make sure to get you all of that information. And then our website, alz.org is filled with information as well as a lot of our classes. You can watch those, we've recorded them. So you can watch them at any time. And it's not just know the 10 signs or understanding Alzheimer's. We have some very specific ones on figuring out your finances and what to do in that aspect. Also for caregivers, you know, communicating with loved ones during different stages. So there's all kinds of information on our website that's available as well. Once again, uh, since we've got business people uh, listening to us, 
what are some of those things they can be doing to help out those caregivers and their employees who may be caregivers uh, in, in their, on their staffs? One of the things that I think is just crucial is for your employees to know that you are willing to work with them and willing to learn, support your employees, um, offer them, you know, the opportunity if they need to go to a class or they need to come to the office, that you're willing to support that. One of the things also that I will say that helps with um, just involving all of the staff is, like you said, inviting us to come out and speak, or we have different events like the walk, tend Alzheimer's or we have a rivals event or longest day and participating as a group. What I find very interesting is once one person speaks up within an organization, you'll find others that will say, you know what, my mom had it or my grandmother had it. It's sad to say that I feel you will not find one person that has not in some way known someone in their family or in their close family circle that has had that. So employers really just be open to learning more about the association and helping your employees. And these may be difficult conversations to have, but they need to be had. The website is alz.org. Babe Borderlandware is the executive director of the Alzheimer's Association of Central and Western Kansas. Faye, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. Keep us posted on if you've got more numbers, we want to talk about it. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much, Bill. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 204. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.